1: Hey, everyone. This is Mark Treichel with another episode of With Flying Colors. I'm excited today to be here with Ryan Donovan. Ryan is the president of the Council of Federal Home Loan Banks, and the council is dedicated to enhancing public awareness and understanding of the Federal Home Loan Bank system. It is also the primary public voice of the Federal Home Loan Bank system, and its function is to represent the positions and views of its members to Washington, D.C., Policy makers, Ryan, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, Mark. Thanks for having me. You got it. Yeah, and we ran into each other last week at former chairman, current NCUA board member Rodney Hood, his, Hood's event on capital markets, and that was a great event. And I've always enjoyed chatting with you from your time back at CUNA. And I think it was—I think it was less than a year ago, maybe—that you moved over to the Council of Federal Home Loan Banks. Do I have that right? Yeah, absolutely.
0: I moved over in September, um, and it has been a little bit like diving into the deep end of the pool on the first day of summer. Yeah. Uh, It has been just exciting and sort of anxiety driven but thrilling and paralyzing all at the same time
1: sure that's like a roller coaster you know a lot going on you know i've done several different podcasts on liquidity because it's been such a big event and one of the one of my team members todd miller who was a capital market specialist at ncua he and i had a lot of work in troubled type credit unions and we would see federal home loan banks In good credit unions and in credit unions that had some challenges, but they play a great role. from, From where I sat, they always played a great role in any type of institution as a liquidity source. And Todd and I have frequently spoken about how as a liquidity source, the federal home loan banks was one of our favorites. And so when you moved over, I had you on a short list of folks I wanted to chat with about what was going on. And then and then, one of the other things I've said in several of my podcasts, it seems like liquidity doesn't matter until it matters. And then it's the only thing that matters. And we've seen some institutions dealing with that, which is probably one of the things you were you were referencing there. So so yeah, so let's chat a little bit about what's been going on in the land of federal home loan banks from where you sit over the last few months. Well, about two
0: weeks before I started at the council, the Federal Housing Finance Agency, which is the primary regulator for the home loan banks, announced a comprehensive review of the system. Last year was the 90th anniversary of the system. And what the FHFA intends to do through this review, which is ongoing, is look towards the future. What should the system look like at its centennial 10 years from now? And is it relevant in today's market, and will it be relevant then? And they conducted all of these roundtable meetings, about 19 of them around the country. They've had multiple days of listening sessions, a couple of comment periods. And as I say, the listening stage of that process has come to a conclusion, but now the agency is going to work on this report. And this report is really, I think, going to give recommendations for legislative and statutory changes. There'll be, I think, a list of regulatory changes the agency might try to undertake. And I imagine some other thoughts and observations based on what they've heard. But that's really been, until the middle of March, that's been the crux and the focus of what I've been doing at the the council is helping the banks engage in that process, navigate through that process. And then in March, of course, we were all reminded just how important liquidity is to, as you as you say, to both institutions that are in great health and, and institutions that, that may be troubled. And that was where the, the home loan bank system, I think, again, showed what it does really well for its members, which is to be a reliable and readily accessible source of liquidity. And so, It's been exciting, and I'm I'm happy to dig into deeper into some of those issues.
1: Yeah, this is great. So, yeah, readily available. So, looking in in preparation for our call, I went back to, to look at some of the numbers I'd seen recently, but the Federal Home Loan Bank System issued... Well, one of the stories that my numbers might have been updated about issued 304 billion in debt, either the week, like the, the week coming up to that event and or the few days after that. Really, really big numbers or the almost double what the Federal Reserve was doing. So, yeah,
0: let, let me let me jump in on that, Mark, and just the Monday after Silicon Valley Bank failed, the, the home loan bank system is, had its largest debt issuance on a, on a single day. Uh, as far as we know ever right uh, and in that week i'm told we issued more debt than we had ever done in in a, in a month and so what that shows is there's a there's a lot of market confidence in the home loan bank system and the role that we play and it really demonstrated the ability of home loan bank balance sheets to be elastic to grow when our members need it and then what you'll see i think in the in the in the next several weeks and months, is that it'll it'll shrink again back to a normal size, and that's exactly the way that it is designed to 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 work. The the other thing that I would point out, you mentioned that you know the the number may have been double what the Federal Reserve was able to do or or, or did. We saw similar things happen in both the COVID crisis and also in the in the Great Financial Crisis where. Federal home loan banks were able to be sort of that first responder and, right. and get in there a little bit ahead of the the Fed. And, and again, that's also, I think, a, a design feature, not a design flaw of the system. I think the the word of caution, and I know you know this as well as anyone, that I would that I would offer is that we're we see a lot of light shined on the system right now in a in a period of turbulence, but every day. The Home Loan Bank system is there for their members, making sure that they have access to this important liquidity.
1: As we're talking through that, I'm reminded of of that there was a a gentleman from NCUA who retired Owen Cole. And in one of his lines, he would always say was, you don't want to you don't want to close the fire stations just because you haven't had a fire for the last six months. right? Right.
0: That's right.
1: It's a it's a I did see a reference to a couple of times, a couple of articles. You said the first responder and to have that first responder there. And and another phrase you mentioned is the market confidence. So when I hear the market confidence, it's when when you have someone who's going to need the money from the Federal Home Loan Bank on the other side. You've got Wall Street types that are out there willing to buy it because they know the federal home loan banks quality and they know that they're going to buy when they buy something, they're getting what they think they're getting. Right. So that's the market. That's right. And then on the on the uh, on the bank side or, or credit union side, you know, that the federal home loan banks are going to be able to get as long as the as long as the business day hasn't closed. It probably is going to work out that day or the next day to get the funding that they need. Yeah. That's that's
0: that's exactly right. We're at the end of the day, home loan banks are cooperatives, right? Just like credit unions are cooperatives, right? And they're going to work with their members and do where they can to make sure that their that their needs are met. And we did that in this last crisis,
1: and we try to do that every day. Yeah, no, it's fantastic. I know another thing I recently saw in the press was a was a really interesting quote from. Let's see, Jim Parrott, who is a former Obama administration housing advisor, and Mark Zandi, who works at Moody's. And they basically said they actually, I think they communicated this in a report and also to the Biden administration that the federal home loan banks are vital sources of liquidity for financial institutions and act, as you said, as a first responder in crisis. If anything, the system should be expanded, they wrote in an Urban Institute paper. And I'll put that article in the show notes when, when this podcast goes live. But they went on to say, without the federal home loan banks, these downturns in the economic cycle... Would have been significantly more painful with greater swings in the cost and availability of credit, exact, exact, exacting greater damage on the economy. So, any any thoughts relative to that article if you've read more on it? Yeah, no,
0: I I've, I've read it and listen. with any report of that nature, there are there are things to take away that you absolutely agree with, and there are things that are sure. that are said that you're like, oh. I wish maybe they hadn't gone that far. But what I think that that paper does is it really gives a great overview of how the system works and why it is critical to the financial se- sector and the financial system. They did a really, really great job with that, as as you would expect. And I think it's a, a really helpful piece at this time when the, the system is under review and and frankly, at a time where we're trying to do more to tell the story about the federal home loan bank system, it's not well known among the public because the public doesn't have day-to-day interface with it. It it, it can be well known among our members. They probably know how they interact with with the with the bank that they're that they may be a member of, and maybe not much else. I think that what the what that paper does is it really does a great job, particularly for someone like me who's six or seven months into it, to to help folks understand how the system works. I I recommend it as 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 reading. Absolutely,
1: very good. Well, and and a couple uh, things there highlighting. So one thing I learned recently was about the affordable housing mandate, where certain percentages mm-hmm. of profits of the federal home loan banks are required to be given to for affordable housing. And I, I think there's also some organizational decisions that while the the, the the law requires X, the banks are giving X plus Y for right. affordable housing. Any thoughts relative? I mean, like if they're looking yeah. at what their mandate could be, that could be something that could obviously I doubt it would be that rule would be lessened, maybe there'll be something there with the issues that we're having with affordable housing where the federal home loan banks will be asked to do more. Yeah, no, you're you're
0: raising a really important point. And this was actually a a very critical focus of FHFA's review process. I think most of the roundtable meetings that they had focused in some form or fashion on affordable housing, community investment, how the home loan banks and their members are meeting the needs of underserved rural and tribal communities. The agency spent a a great deal of time focused on on this, and and it's important that they did. There is a a home ownership crisis or home affordability crisis in in the country. There's a home ownership gap, and, and certainly part of what the home loan banks do is to try to make home ownership more affordable for everyone. Now, take a step back for for a moment because over the years, the the mission of the home loan bank system has been changed by Congress. And so in the beginning, it was really to support lending by thrift institutions. Over the course of our history, Congress has added membership classes, allowing commercial banks, allowing credit unions and, and CDFIs and privately insured credit unions to join they've changed the type of collateral that can be accepted by certain institutions allowing community financial institutions to pledge small business and agriculture credit for as collateral and so this is this has evolved from what it started out as in the 1930s one of the things that they have added to mission is a is a focus on affordable housing and community development and they congress in the late 80s added a requirement that 10% of net earnings essentially go each year into the affordable housing program and today most of the banks do contribute more than the 10% to hp or to to voluntary programs And as part of this process, we've been listening to stakeholders and all of the banks have committed to doing at least 50% more than that 10% so that we're, we're contributing more to those important programs. Now, we've also recommended that FHFA look at the affordable housing program and the regulations around that and try to simplify that so the dollars that are going into that program have greater impact, and certainly throughout the review process, the agency heard a lot from stakeholders about how inefficient that that program has been. And so, we're hopeful that they'll listen to uh, to those concerns as well.
1: That's great. Yeah, and and uh, so that you mentioned the Federal Home Loan Bank uh, starting in the 1930s, tied to supporting mortgage lendings, and it it, it has morphed and taken on additional uh, additional responsibilities to its mission. As Congress has made change, changes in that, and some, when you when you hear criticism, it's it's that it's people tend to focus just on that original mission and tend to lose the fact that that more and more has been woven in. And maybe they'll say, "Well, why why should insurance companies have access to it when the original mission was supporting mortgage lending?" But but along with that is community investment and this great source of liquidity, and, and I, I, I think of another. Uh, I like quotes. I like quotes too much. But there's a quote that says, "Don't take a fence down before you know why it was put up." Right. Yep. And and that, that yeah, and, it, and I think it really fits it, it, because because the, the the fence has been woven around this community that the federal home loan banks serve. And, and any tweaks to that is going to put a hole in that fence that I, I, there's unintended consequences that I think if 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 anyone tries to mitigate what you're allowed to do, I don't think they quite understand the ramifications of what that might mean, even if it just as simple as on on that Friday and that Monday, not having the flexibility to do what you did to to help during that crisis.
0: Well, it, at the, one of the final listening sessions, I cannot remember who said it, but a similar point was made. If you break it, you buy it, right? And it's you're looking at a comprehensive review, and you've kind of asked folks for blue sky recommendations, and you're taking all of that in. How you aggregate that and what comes out in that product is really important, because If you take those ideas and you don't fully vet them and you don't analyze them and you just put them out as recommendations and somebody picks that up and runs with it, the chances are... Good that there will be some form of unintended consequence, right? And I, I thought the point was was very well made at the listening session, but Mark, you just you just made
1: it better. If you don't know why the fence was built, don't tear it down. Don't take it down. Don't take it down. Absolutely. So you said this is so it's the 90th year of the of existence. So this report, the goal is to be ready for 10 years from now. And as you said, there could be recommendations, there could be proposals in the in the In the reality of how things, slow things move in Washington, D.C. right now, it's not it's not one party in full control where you might see things moving quicker. Right. Right. Uh, How does that how do you see that arc? Sure. That's a really important question,
0: Mark, because one of the things when I when I first came into the system and this process was getting underway, what I advised folks was that do not view the report as the end game of this process. This report, it will go to Congress, it'll be made public, and the agency may try to implement what they can through their regulatory powers, but it's going to to exist until the next report. I think in the credit union space, you can remember GAO reports that, may not have been favorable to the credit union industry and we would hem and haw about them and worry about them and and talk about them until the next report came out right and i think this is a this is a similar situation where when the agency puts this out some of it they will try to they will try to put into place through regulation but they're going to send some legislative recommendations to congress and it would be easy to say well we don't have to worry about congress doing anything But it would be foolish to say that as well. And the reason it would be foolish is because there's going to be an election in 2024, and we'll get a different Congress. We might get a different administration. And sooner or later, the stars could align for there to be both the the will and the ability in Congress to, to move legislation. The other thing that I'm mindful of in the present day is that coming out of this recent banking disruption... It's possible Congress could move some legislation related to that, maybe on executive compensation clawback or on deposit insurance or, or some other aspect of, of, the, of the disruption. And changes to the Home Loan Bank Act may be considered as part of that. So we always have to be on guard. We always have to be ready for that. But the report is definitely not an end game. And whether Congress acts on it in the short term or the long term, we've got to be ready to stand behind our our views on on the recommendations when they come when they come sure,
1: out. Sure, sure, yeah. You've got to you've got to be ready for that full court press. You might need it tomorrow. You might not need it for, for a few years, but you but you better better be ready for it for tomorrow.
0: Right, that's right.
1: Very good, very good. Well, and, and when I was at NCUA for thirty three years and understanding working with with CUNA and working with NAFQ and having the NCUA board members walk across the hall and say, CUNA or NAFQ is in here making suggestions X, Y, and Z. A lot of times as a staff member, it made my, in the short term, it made my job a little harder because it, it, we, staff was ready to go in one direction, but the trade associations would point something out uh, where it would need some further dialogue. And now uh, on the outside, looking in and having a, a little bit different view from, from where I sit, I, I truly, while I embraced that while I was at NCUA, I really see the importance of always having the trade associations there on the ready to make those comments because NCUA, the NCUA board did listen and staff did listen. And in particular, the boards would, if staff wasn't attuned to it as much as as the board was. The board could remind staff that they led the agency and staff didn't. And it was a public policy issue that needed to be cited for the greater good. So I I, I have a new respect. I always respected what the trade associations do. And then to see you step in eight months ago when the storm's water started coming in, kudos to you.
0: Well, thanks, Mark. It's a a feature of our of our democracy and of our of the way that we make public policy that there is an opportunity for stakeholders to have input on on regulatory decisions and, and on on the legislation congress there is hopefully it's done in a way that makes the end product keeps the process fair for all involved and certainly that's that's really critical for everybody in that process to respect the roles that everyone plays, right? And I think that as a as an advocate, clearly we have to respect the, the roles that the folks, in our case at FHFA or at the banking regulators or at NCUA play in, in making sure that the institutions that they regulate are operated in a safe and sound manner. And, and likewise, it's always good when a regulator or a lawmaker understands that the expertise that industry can bring to the conversation can make the work that they do even better.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Very well said. Yeah, because it's easy. Again, as having been a career uh, federal employee, you 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 are the journey that you've walked, right? And and now seeing the other side of it, I have a greater appreciation for what the industry brings forward for credit unions. And, and knowing what you did for credit unions, I think the, the federal home loan banks are good to have you at the lead as these important days play out. So again, passing times. And so Ryan, if there is there a question I should have asked you today, what's going on in the federal home loan banks and, and banks and credit unions that I didn't ask? I don't know. We, we covered a great deal of, of the beachfront there, Mark. I,
0: I would just the, I think the one thing that I would offer to your to your listeners is if you're not a member of the home loan bank system, check it out. It may see if it's the right thing for for your credit union and if you are a member of the system, get involved. One of the things and I say this as an advocate and I said it when I was advocating for credit unions, there's no one more invested in the success of the home loan bank system than the home loan bank members and the communities that they serve. And so if something is going to impact the home loan banks, it's going to impact their members as well. And so it's important for folks to to stay involved. And if folks are interested in getting more information, or maybe they've lost my contact information (laughs) because I do have friends in the credit union space, I'm I'm pretty easy to find on LinkedIn. And my email address is rdonovan at
1: cfhlb.org. Fantastic! I love that. Check it out and get involved. And I will say that NCUA field staff has a very positive feel about the federal home loan banks and are out there encouraging credit unions to have it as part of their toolbox. So if you d- don't have a relationship, Ryan said it better than I could. Check it out, Ryan. This has been great. I appreciate your time. I'm sure your days are chock full these days, and I, I believe that the listeners are really going to enjoy hearing a little bit of of what's going on with the federal home loan banks and and the folks that you represent. Thanks so much for your time today, Ryan.
0: Hey, thanks for the opportunity, Mark.
1: You got it. And listeners, I wanna thank you for listening today. I hope you'll listen again next time. This is Mark Triple signing off with Flying Colors.
0: Thank you for joining us on this episode of With Flying Colors subscribe on your favorite podcast app to hear future episodes where subject matter experts of all varieties will provide tips on how to achieve success with NCUA. If you would like to learn more about how we assist credit unions, check out our services at marktreichel.com.